Welcome to the Growing in Christ podcast, where we are rooted in living water and growing closer to our purpose in Christ. I am your host, Shador Foy. Now let's get growing. Today, we are on day three of the 31 days of Proverbs. So, of course, we'll be doing chapter three. And I encourage you all to grab your Bibles and to have some paper and pencil next to you to take some notes. So I'm going to start off with verses 1 through 2, which says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. Verse 2, for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. So I like how Solomon says, but let your heart keep my commands. He doesn't say, but let your mouth keep my commands or but let your mind keep my commands. Yet he says, but let your heart keep my commands. Because where a man's heart is, his treasures are also. And, you know, you got to keep the commands of God in your heart. Because that is where your treasures are, you know. And that should be the greatest treasures amongst every other treasure. Is just the commands of God and the commands of your parents and different things. So now we'll be going to verse 3, which says, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And forsake, for those of a, those of you that don't know, means to abandon. So don't let mercy and truth abandon you. Like, keep them close to you because you're going to need those things. And don't let them just, you know, forsake you and get away from you. Um, now we'll be reading verse 4. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Verse 6. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So I'm pretty sure we've all heard of Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Like it is so common and it is probably one of our memory verses and one of the things that we've learned in Sunday school and different things like that. But we should really take this scripture to heart. Some of the scriptures that we quote so oftenly, we don't truly take them to heart. But it says to trust in the Lord with all your heart, not just some of your heart, not just trusting in the Lord when you can't do it, but just trusting in the Lord with all your heart all the time and leaning not to your own understanding and just not leaning into the things of how you expect it to be even the things that are so-called normal you it's normal and it is logical to go to a job get a paycheck when you need more money work overtime that's something that's logical but when you trust in God and you're trusting in God for the things that you don't have not saying that you shouldn't work for them but if you work without, just like faith without works is dead, works without faith is dead. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. If you're asking God for something, but you're steadily working to get it, you're putting more trust in yourself than you are in God. Because God said, if you delight yourself in him, he will give you all the desires of your heart. And then when it, in verse 6, when it says it, all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths 
So we shouldn't just pray about some things. We shouldn't just pray about the things that are out of our control. We shouldn't just pray about different things like God cover my food or God do this or God cover me while I'm asleep. But we should pray about all things like when we're going somewhere, God cover me while I'm going here. Or when you're even engaging in a conversation with somebody, God keep my tongue, God should I go to Walmart or should I just stay home? Like it's the little things that we should acknowledge God and he will direct our paths. So now we'll go to verse seven where it says, do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. So that order of five through seven is so perfect because it's like saying, Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't disregard God. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Don't just throw him on the shelf. Don't just pray to him and ask for guidance when you want to. Don't just acknowledge God when you want to, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. And do not be wise in your own eyes. Like, don't think, okay, I got this, or I can do this, or it's all about me. I know, I know. I know because, you know, we don't fight with flesh and blood, but we fight with principalities. We fight with spiritual things. We fight in the spirit and God is the Holy Spirit. And without being connected to God, we wouldn't be able to tap into the things of the spirit. So you have to have that relationship to where you're close with God to know that when you get in an argument with somebody, you may think that it's wise to try and get them to see your point. You may think that it's wise to go back and forth with them, to fight with them, but God's wisdom is telling you, hold on, just pray about it. Hold on, say the things that I want you to say and not the things that you want to say. You know, it's things like that. And with fearing the Lord and departing from evil, we should, like we learned in the first episode, respect the Lord, submit to the Lord, be in awe of the Lord and depart from evil, turn from those things, turn from being wise in our own eyes, turn from trusting the world more than we trust God, turn from even just acknowledging God when we want to versus all the time when we need to. And now we'll go down to verse eight. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Verse nine. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. 10. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So I thought it would be nice to go over these verses because I understand that some people get a little confused when it comes to verses 9 and 10. So we know that if you've ever been to a church, they more than likely have offering where you give tithes. And the Bible talks about, you know, they would give their calves or their sheep or, you know, their crops to the Lord, not money. But nowadays, our currency is money and it is an offering to God's ministry. When you do that, that's what that is. When you give, because God doesn't need, God didn't need their calves. You know, God didn't need their sheep. God didn't need their crops. 
God didn't, God doesn't need our money now. So, I mean, if he wanted to rain money only over the church so that the church would have more than enough, he would do that. He would, you know, he could just speak that word and it could happen. I mean, God spoke a word and the universe was created and people get mad and think that God needs their money, but he doesn't. It's just about being a part of that blessing, being a part of sowing in to the ministry money-wise because ministries need money, okay? Me doing a podcast, I need money. I mean, and anytime that people, even if it's yourself and you feel angry about giving offerings to church, just think about whenever you go to McDonald's or when you go to Walmart, do you ever give them $10 with an attitude and you just huff and puff and you just be like, well, I think everything in here should be free and I don't think that you all need my money. Like, do you ever do that when you go to Walmart or when you go to McDonald's, when you buy things, do you do that about everything else? So just ask yourself, well, why do I get angry when it comes to God? You know, why do I get angry when it comes to the ministry and in the church? You know, so because the church needs money. I mean, keeping lights on, owning land is not free. It, it would be nice if it was, but it's not. And, you know, you're huffing and puffing about $2 in the church offering bucket, but the light bill is like $200 more. So, you know, but God still takes what you give, you know, because if you were into Walmart and tried to pay for a $10 shirt and gave them $2, do you honestly think they will give you that $10 shirt? So you just have to think about that. And I, I know I kind of expounded on this for a little minute, but I know that some people get it confused when it comes to the church and they always think that the church is scheming and different things like that. But even the adults who say that, you don't go to the mortgage company and tell them you're scheming trying to make me pay for this. Y'all put in my money somewhere else or you don't go to the light company saying that. So why do you come to church saying that, you know? So <laughs> after that verse, we're going to drop down to verse 11, which says, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his cor correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father the son in whom he delights. So I kind of repeat verse 12 back to myself a lot. Like that's what gives me comfort when God corrects me in some things that I do or some ways that I may sin against him and just for whom the Lord loves, he corrects, which is so true because God didn't have to give his son for us. You know, God doesn't have to love us. The many ways that we turn away from him, you know, it doesn't do him any harm if we turn away from him. That's our souls walking on the path of wickedness and going towards the path of destruction. That's not him, but he loves us so much that he wants us to be righteous. He wants us to be upright and he wants us to have that desire too, to walk uprightly and be righteous. He won't force us to have that desire. You can walk your own path and God will correct you and God will say, okay, 
come back. Okay, come back. But you still have that will to say no, that you still want to do your own thing. But God truly does love us and he truly does desire that we be on the path of righteousness. Um, Dropping down to verse 13. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding and the man who, uh, oh, sorry, <laughs> verse 14, for her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. Verse 15, she is more precious than rubies and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. 16, length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor. Verse 17, her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. Verse 18, she is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. Verse 19, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth, by understanding he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths were broken up, and clouds dropped down the dew. Verse 21, my son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So, let me go back up to verse 19 and 20, where it says, The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. So, one well, verse 19, when it said that, um, I looked up what wisdom and understanding and knowledge was because they all, it broke them up. And for 20, I looked up what knowledge was because it broke them up. And I'm pretty sure Solomon did that for a reason. And I looked up what wisdom means. And wisdom means the soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. Which last time we looked up what sound meant in the sense of an adjective. And that means free from injury, damage, defect, disease, in good, in, sorry, in good condition, healthy, and robust. So in God's free from, in the free from damage of an action. Oh, sorry, got my words jumbled there. It's talking about how the decision or the action that he made with regards to the application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment was free from damage. So him creating the, him founding the earth was a free from damage decision, which, you know, it seems weird with, you know, man failing God and Adam and Eve eating from the tree of knowledge and good of evil. It would seem like a pretty big mistake or it seemed like something that you would regret, but God has perfect timing and God is perfect and he knows all and he sees all and everything falls into place with the way that he wants it to be. And then by understanding, he established the heavens which means, which understanding is having insight or good judgment. So I thought it was pretty cool. So by his good judgment, he established the heavens. And I thought it was pretty neat when I was reading the, um, the definitions of understanding and wisdom. And I kind of caught the difference because understanding is 
having insight or good judgment, but wisdom is applying that insight or applying that good judgment. So you can have understanding and not have wisdom. Because when you understand something, you have the good judgment, but when you have wisdom, you're constantly applying the good judgment. So with this, even for me, I mean, if you want to write this down, you should always ask yourself, do I understand or do I have wisdom? Do I have good judgment or do I apply good judgment? And that's the difference between having wisdom or just having understanding. So, and then in verse 20, it says, By his knowledge, the depths were broken up and clouds dropped down the dew. So, by his awesome knowledge, by his understanding, he separated the depths and broke them up and clouds dropped down the dew. And verse 21 says, My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, which discretion means to avoid causing offense. Verse 22, so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. 23, then you will walk safely in your way and your foot will not stumble. Verse 24, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Verse 25, do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord, verse 26, will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. So I really like verse 26 when it says, for the Lord will be your confidence. It is so vital that we place our confidence in the Lord. And I know, um, especially us girls, a lot of being teenagers, you hear a lot of teen things about confidence, boost your confidence, boost your confidence, boost your confidence. But really, it's hard to have confidence in yourself. We make mistakes sometimes. And it is hard to have confidence in yourself when you constantly seeing yourself make mistakes. But having confidence, placing your confidence in God is totally different. It's like, and it's not like where you get let down. It's not like where you totally ignore yourself and it's all about God or different things because what you put into God, God flows back out to you. So when you place your confidence in God, God also gives you confidence within yourself because when you when you're confident in God and God says you're more than a conqueror, you're confident in what he says. So now you're confident in yourself because you can walk in that I'm more than a conqueror. I'm beautiful. I'm a virtuous woman. I'm a man of God. I'm this, I'm that. I'm I'm the daughter of a king. I'm the son of a king. I'm the son of a living God. You know, you can have confidence in him and in his word. And his word is basically all about us. So that is a great thing. And that is where our confidence should lie. Verse 27, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Verse 28, do not say to your neighbor, go and come back to, and tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. Verse 29, do not devise evil against your neighbor. 
for he dwells by you for safety's sake. Verse 30, do not strive with a man without cause if he has done you no harm. But strive means struggle or fight vigorously. Verse 32, for, oh, I'm sorry, verse 31. Do not envy the oppressor and choose none of his ways, for the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret counsel is with the upright. Verse 33, the curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the habitation of the just. Verse 34, surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. Verse 35, the wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy of of fools. So that is all of chapter three, and I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I hope you all can leave with some notes and some wisdom, and I just hope that you all keep on tuning in through these 31 days of Proverbs. Just I'm just so happy to start the year off right, starting the year off with wisdom so that when these blessings start rolling in, we know what to do with them. We know how to take care of them because we have the wisdom of God in us. The growing does not stop here. You can find the Growing in Christ blog on our website that can be found in our bio. Not only does the Growing in Christ website house our blog, it also shows you where you can find us on our social media. Always remember Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. For through this verse, we know that if we keep on trusting in God, simultaneously, we'll keep on growing in God.